702. You're with 702. Your number one news and talk station. 16 minutes after 11 o'clock and Stanley Beckett is my guest together with another guest that he will introduce to you. Interesting story of a young man who's uh, been able to transcend some very, very difficult times. Uh, And I think that that is probably the theme of tonight's show. The ability to transcend your circumstances by the way that you think about your circumstances. Stanley Beckett, uh, good evening to you, sir, and uh, good to have you on the show once again. Evening, uh, Aubrey, and, and evening to Cece sitting there with you. Oh, well, great stuff there. You've said it. Well, my guest uh, together with Stanley Beckett is the author of the book, I'm a Different Mess Than I Was Yesterday. And it is Msizi Ian Course. Msizi, good uh, evening to you, sir. And thank you good, very much for coming good, through. Good evening, Aubrey. Good evening, Stan. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Stanley, you recommended that we have Msizi um, on the show. Tell us why. Yeah, I, I, I was uh, fortunate and blessed enough to, to get uh, to know Msizi in the last uh, month. And and his, his book, which, which is something I think so many of the young people in South Africa should be reading. Yeah. Um, not only is it an inspirational story, but it's it's kind of story that takes you through. There are many different emotions. You know, it, it, it uplifts you. It breaks breaks you down. Your heart. You, you feel for the person. You feel angry for him. You feel happy for him. You feel like he's a hero and a and a villain all in once. And and it's really a story that touched me. And I think the part that that really touched me the most, Aubrey, and that was uh, for me a, a really good connection to what we're talking about in our segment of change your thinking and circumstances. Especially to those unemployed, was 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 since he found himself in 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 a hospital bed, um, almost severely paralysed. Yeah, and this was after some some decisions that might not have always been the best ones that he made in his life, but and, and he's willing to take responsibility for it and and realised that that there he was in this hospital bed with no hope of of any future. But instead of using an excuse with just a laptop and a cell phone he really started building an empire and 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 uh he took his entrepreneurial spirit from that hospital bed and started building something really special and when i heard his story uh, i started thinking about how many people are sitting at home with something we spoke about probably a month or two ago with excuse after excuse about why they can't make something happen in their lives and if you remember two weeks ago we started speaking about um the importance of becoming more entrepreneurial yeah, and yeah, was someone that we as South Africans can embrace as a real example of overcoming the obstacles and not using ex- excuses and changing your thinking and 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 how being determined can help you to to overcome any circumstance. And I really look forward to having him with us on air tonight to explain a little bit of his story and also hopefully to give some hope and some ideas to many of the unemployed sitting at home that don't know what the next step is and what they should be doing. And hopefully he came from the same background and um, hopefully he can be an inspiration to those that are sitting and listening right now. Well, Stanley, back at, uh, I've got um, Msizi here with me. And uh, uh, by the way, if you are listening to us, uh, my guest is Msizi Ingosi. And he is the author of the book, I'm a Different Mess Than I Was Yesterday. Uh, And this is a uniquely South African confessional memoir. Um, CZ Inkosi holds back on absolutely nothing in this book. He writes about the early promise of his childhood that was shattered by fam- by a family tragedy that uh, pushed him into a swirling vortex of booze, drugs, and sex. 
Uh, and uh, if it isn't in this book, it's because he can't remember it after it was erased in one of his many blackouts. Uh, despite the haze that uh, became his life, he managed to become one of the most successful producers on some of the most prominent TV shows in South Africa and then escaped death by a hair's breath when his body decided to give up completely. Somehow, Msizi is still ticking and spending every day counting the blessings that made not dying worth it. This intimate biography will make you marvel at the resilience of the human spirit and the sheer audacity of hope. By the way, the name of the book is I'm a diff or the title of the book is I'm a different mess than I was today. And I and it's a pleasure for me to welcome CZ once again, sir, for coming through here on Late Night Talk. It's, it, it looks to me, I haven't had the pleasure yet of reading the book. Mm-hmm. But when Stanley told me about it, I said, well, you, we go, we got to get this guy into the show. Mm-hmm. I'm a different mess than I was yesterday. Just. Tell me about the, 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 the title of the book. Why? I mean, you could have chosen so many other things. You seem to be agreeing that you're a mess. Tell me about that. Um, it's obviously just admitting that um, after all I've been through, because yeah. I've been um, through a lot, um, that um, in spite of all the, I've learned so much um, and that um, I'm still a work in progress. Yeah. And, and I'm obviously grateful for... for, for um, uh, for for surviving all that I've been through and and that um, I did not come I don't I did not come out uh, the same person I'm a different person There's been lessons learned and 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 there are more lessons to be learned and like I said I'm still a work in progress. What's interesting about the title of the book I'm a different mess than I was yesterday is that it seems to be suggesting that uh, being a mess doesn't stop. It's just maybe a different mess. Huh? Yeah, uh, it it it's basically saying that um I'm I'm not perfect. Yeah. <laughs> um yeah, uh, I just found maybe um a creative way of saying it um that um I'm not perfect uh in spite of me pursuing uh perfection that um I'm I'm still not perfect but I'm I'm striving to to be the best person I can possibly be. Give me a call at double one eight eight three oh seven oh two. You may have gone through certain trials in your life. Uh, that uh, are perhaps still keeping you back. Um, I'm speaking to um, CZE in course. He's the author of the book, I'm a Different Mess Than I Was Yesterday. And we'll go into his uh, story, his life story, and some of the revelations, some of the understandings that he's gone through. But you may have gone through a process where you have had some very difficult life events that are holding you back. I'm thinking of youngsters perhaps out there that have had the constant message, even from their loved ones, from my parents that says that you're stupid, you're a fool, and you're finding that you believed that story. How do you overcome that? You may perhaps be in a situation that uh, you have had a relationship that broke very, very unceremoniously and very painfully, and the depression that follows that is holding you back. Uh, we're going to be speaking to Sizi um, Inkosi um, about some of his techniques uh, his his techniques for for overcoming some of these issues. So, Msizi, let's get into it. I mean, you 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 wrote this book. What mm-hmm. what what was some of the things that happened? That I mean, I I, I read earlier uh, just a synopsis of 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 yeah. what is contained in the book. But just from your from from yourself right now, what were some of the things that happened and became life changing sort of experiences? Okay. Um. Uh. To just sum up the book, it's it's obviously tells my story. I I I grew up um in uh south of KZN 
um uh i had a great childhood you know i had an, a fascinating childhood um i had an amazing relationship with my mom uh uh you know my mom was a school teacher we grew up in a rural area uh and and by obviously by rural er- by 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 uh rural area standards we're doing we're doing quite well yeah um um and then uh we it was amazing we had a, an amazing family uh, and then um i i I'd always dreamed of of being successful yeah and uh, i remember that it was always about pleasing her um there was a though I, i had a father as well but i mean obviously I had a very strong bond with my mom and i just wanted i just wanted to do great things for her and and and, and unfortunately when i was 16 she passed away nah, um sorry. And I never recovered from that. Yeah. You know, um I've always wanted like I said I've always wanted to make her happy. I've always wanted to to be the best child that I could possibly be so that she could be proud of me. Yeah. So then when she died, it felt like okay, this is the person that uh, I wanted to to please because uh in spite of her just being a teacher, but she did so much for me, took me to a private school, you know. So when she died, um I think my dreams died with her. Yeah. You know, and 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 the trajectory of my life just just changed and I I found myself engaging in the kind of activities that I I wouldn't have um had had had, had just been still alive. So Yeah. I guess I was self-medicating and it started with with drinking, you know. Um started drinking a lot. Uh 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 i dropped out of 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 varsity you know um came back i mean came to joburg look for a job you know got income drinking intensified and then something else just made matters worse because now i i i kind of um i i had a fling with a woman who then uh probably two years later passed away or a year a year, a year later actually And this was in 99. Yeah. So back then the level of AIDS education was uh was not as intense as it is sure. now. Yeah. And um I heard from a, a a reliable source of mine that she had actually died of AIDS. Yeah. So I then self-diagnosed myself. So I I lived with HIV in my head, you know, uh everything I was doing in my head I was HIV positive yeah. and as a result I I lived um uh, I was drunk all the time I was high um just trying to to numb the pain to 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 self medicate and this went on for a very long time you know I I was working <laughs> but um I I still I still uh I guess I was a functioning alcoholic you know sure um and I I I worked on different on different TV shows I was a TV producer and then on um sometime in in December 2008 and I just I just collapsed and I was sick I was taken to hospital and I I two days later I slipped into a coma I was in a coma for 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 weeks um that's um Um I had multiple organ failure while I was in a coma and mm. and the doctors told my family that I wasn't going to make it you know um so they had to consider switching off the life support machine Um 24 actually no uh yes less than 24 hours after the doctors had told my family to think seriously about switching off the life support machine yeah. I slipped out of the coma 
when I slipped out of the coma, I was um, I could not even feel my legs, and mm. I, I just assumed um, I'd be they'd been amputated because I did not even know how I got there. In my head, I I, I thought maybe I'd been in a car accident, and um, I spent quite a while in hospital. You know, I, I could not walk. I was I was bedridden. I could not use my hands. Um, and um, there were lots of tests being taken every day. And, and, and this one morning, the, the, the nurse wanted me to sign. Um, like, but we've been taking my, <laughs> my blood every morning. Why am I signing now? That because this is an HIV test. I was like, no, I'm not ready to do that. Like, no, you don't have a choice. You have to do an HIV test. And so um, uh, I remember being wheeled out um, of, of, of the ward to, to, to a counseling room with a with counselor and... and, and before she started, while we were talking, I was like, "Yes, please take me back to the ward. I'm, I'm, I'm not, not interested. No, I'm not interested I'm in not hearing interested this. I'm yeah. what you're gonna have to say." And she was like, "Um, there's no better. There's no, there's no perfect time to know about this. So, um, like, it's fine. Just, just take me back to the ward." <laughs> so I was wheeled back to the ward, and and then um, and the doctor came to to came to my bedside like what is this i hear you don't know your result you're gonna have to you know uh we need to find out what's wrong with with, with yeah. your legs with yeah. your hands you know i was like can can you guys just just do your your test without <laughs> letting me <laughs> know me about this yeah you know um like no you're gonna have to unfortunately like oh okay cool um you you let me know when 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 you're ready and and two days later the doctor came back I was like what were you stressing about what do you mean your results came back and they're negative for all these years since the passing of your then yeah, girlfriend yeah it was you were nine years yeah you, you were convinced yeah. That you were HIV positive. Yeah. So in in your head, if I and I'm trying to get a, a better understand, in your head you had sort of resigned yourself to the idea that you're a walking dead guy. Yeah, I was actually. I think I was um, subconsciously trying to kill myself yeah, the way yeah, I yeah, lived. Yeah. You know. Uh, yeah. That it, it's gonna happen anytime. You know, it's gonna happen anytime. Now I was like, I was, um, the, the 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 synopsis says I was I was blacked out for the better part of my life, and I was driving. You know. I'll drive from here uh, to home, and I'm like, I'll, I'll wake up in the morning. I don't even know how I got there. Sure. You know, uh, I can't even tell you which route I took uh, to 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 get there. And so, uh, can, can I can I um, summarize the the life after the passing of your mom as a typical six? Drugs and rock and roll kind of life. It, it was exactly that, you know. It was exactly that. Uh, uh, I was all about. I was all about um, partying, getting drunk, and 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 having sex, and as much as much as as much sex as I possibly could have at, at the time. And um, and I was uh, obviously I got introduced to cocaine as well. And I fell in love with cocaine, you know. Um, uh, I I did I did cocaine and 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 alcohol a lot like uh, alcohol every day cocaine every weekend because um, it, it it was quite it is still quite expensive I'm sure um, that was just my life and 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 I I remember thinking I wonder how is this gonna end yeah. you know because um, I mean I know I knew that it, I mean it can't go can't go on forever like that yeah. sooner or later something is gonna have to give and. 
and it, it ended up with me. Uh, let's go uh, back. Let's go back to your mom mm. and, and the fact that your mom was your reason for being almost. Mm. I mean, she mm. she she was the reason why you were you were on the straight and narrow, as yeah. it were, before she passed on. Yeah, and then when she did pass on, pass on your 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 moral compass sort of broke down, as it were. Completely. Uh, 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 tell me about how she maintained your straight and narrow path prior to her passing, and how did you associate that? How how did you how how was how did that work? How did the fact that your mom alone was able to almost bridle you like a horse, <laughs> uh, even 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 when she was alone? How, how was she? What sort of power did she have over you? Um, I, it was the power of love. Um. I think when you love someone so much that you don't want to let them down. And, and also she was a disciplinarian. Yeah, you know? she, yeah. She was a school teacher, so she was a disciplinarian. But um, uh, she, she always disciplined with love. Um, and obviously, like I said earlier, there was always that burning desire to, to make her happy because she, she, she went all out for, 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 for me and, 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 my, and my siblings. And so there was always that 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 burning desire that yeah. one day you know I'm gonna build a, a mansion I'm gonna buy a car I'm gonna just make her so happy I'm gonna be successful because you know mothers they they yeah. always and I was her only son um, that that she's gonna be so proud of me you know. Well, Msizi Inkosi uh, is with me here in studio, and he's the author of the book "I Am a Different Mess Than I Was Yesterday." It's a, it's a, it's an inspirational story of transcendence. We've talked about that chapter of his life that was, I suppose, very negative following the death of his mom, his fear that he was HIV positive following the death of his HIV uh, positive girlfriend. Uh, in the next part of the show, we're going to be talking about uh, the experiences that he went through uh, in order to become the man he is today. And of, obviously, uh, that led to the writing of the book. And then we are going to be talking during that time about how you can learn some lessons out of this. I want to ask the question, what is the difference between a reason and, a, and an excuse <laughs> when we come back? Twenty-four minutes to midnight. My guest is Msizi E. Nkosi, the author of the book "I Am a Different Mess Than I Was Yesterday." It's a very, very honest. Uh, shall we call it a memoir of his uh, life's experiences? And uh, he's just told us the harrowing story of the death of his mom, the loss of the reason to live and have purpose. His uh, struggle with the idea that he was uh, HIV positive after the passing of his uh, former girlfriend who had died because of uh, being diagnosed with, um, with HIV, diagnosed as HIV positive. We're really talking about his, uh, his life story. Uh, and one of the things that I want to hear from CZ is the difference between an excuse and the reason for something. In other words, uh, if you had heard Stanley, Stanley was talking about the fact that um, CZ was able to transcend some of the life circumstances that he had because he uh, overcame his excuses. Uh, and it'd be interesting to hear from CZ. Uh, you can send us your thoughts. You can give us a call on 011-883-0702. Maybe you resonate and uh, can relate to some of the things that CZ is talking about. I uh, would love to take your calls uh, on 011-883-0702. But you can get involved in the conversation by uh, SMSing on uh, SMS number 31702. I'm available on Twitter at 702 
Aubrey. And uh, Msizi's um, uh, Twitter handle is also available. You can follow him on at Msizi At Msizi is his Twitter handle. Uh, and uh, I would love to be part of that conversation. So, so now you are in hospital. Yeah. You are a wreck. You can't use you, you can't use your arms, you can't use your legs. You want to die. I, I'd wanted to. Yeah. Um at the time, um I remember the day I I I got my HIV results back and uh, I was told they were negative. Uh it was such a bittersweet experience. I mean, a bittersweet moment rather. Cause I'm I'm thinking of all the things I've put myself through and look where I am now. And it was also confusion as how did I how did I dodge that bullet? Yeah. How did I? How could I have possibly dodged that bullet? I mean if anybody was supposed to die of HIV, it should have been you. Yeah. If anybody was supposed to die of drug and alcohol overdose, it, it should have been it you. Been me. And you're sitting there and you're thinking why am I not dying? Why have I not died? You know, uh, because by that time I was out of danger. You know, I was even out of the ICU, but I was still in hospital, still in high care. Um, it was just so confusing, and and um, there was that little uh, joy that I've 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 dodged this bullet, but how and 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 why and wh- why and and I'm. Asking why did I put myself through so much? You know, I should I, I should have just gone for an HIV test, and uh, my life would have taken a completely different. Oh, I see. Turn. So, 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 ha- are you saying to me that had you perhaps known earlier that you were not HIV positive, you would not have been as suicidal in the no, way that you sure. were living your life? For yeah? Sure. Okay. No, yeah. uh, for sure. Because, um, like I said earlier, I was subconsciously trying to kill myself with you know? sex, drugs, and rock and roll. Yeah. Yeah, that, um, which was the reason why I dropped out of Vasit in the first place, because I felt like uh, that was 1999. Like I said, it, it, HIV education at that time, the, 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 the education was, was, was not as intense as it is now. So I remember asking a friend whose mom was a matron at, at, at a local hospital, that how, how, how many years do you have to live with your HIV positive? He said four years. <laughs> You'd gone through nine. <laughs> I so you it. thought you were, you thought you were like yeah all right uh, g- give us a call 0118830702 um you're listening to the story uh, it is a story of Msizi Inkosi uh the title of the book is I'm a different mess than I was yesterday and we're just talking about his life's experience I'm interested to find out from him what is the difference between an excuse and a reason can I say this to you and I'm going to put it to you and then and and and, and you you say whatever you need cool is is there a narcissism associated with somebody that is that is so ready to die and yet not so ready to die in other words <coughs> can you be so entitled to having a joyous and happy life that when the reason for wanting to have that happy and joyous life goes away as in your case the passing of your mom that you somehow feel cheated by life because you believe that you have that you deserve more you you you're supposed to have better you're supposed to have more and as a tantrum against life against providence a bit you you then go into this into this sort of suicidal sort of mode 
that is actually underpinned by a basic narcissism w- w- would that be a no 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 yeah? no, no um not even actually um i was not even thinking uh, I, i was just thinking that i think anyone who has a strong relationship with their mom and and their mom is still alive when the, the thought of losing them is is just it's it's unthinkable actually you know i'd never imagined that happening yeah. you know and it it and it did happen and i was just not ready emotionally i mean i was i was 16 i'm a teenager you know i'm i'm still grappling with teenage issues and 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 yeah just the emotional to, immaturity know, wasn't yeah, there yeah okay. no but I, i was i was um I was an emotional baby and and then this happens like you feel like that's that's one person who cared about you the most yeah that's one person let's, who cared about you let, the most let, let, she's gone yeah yeah let's let's move on a little bit mm. so now you are in the situation you've discovered that you are not hiv positive mm. you're grappling with the reason why you're not dying mm. you are grappling you're having this bittersweet moment where you are thankful that you're not dying but you've lost your reason for living How does the transformation then take place? And I I I'd like for you to infuse in your reply to my question the difference between an excuse and a reason. And I want to maybe get Stanley back into into this conversation with regards to that because I suppose that's what this slot is about. It's about the ability to transcend uh, those conditions that would otherwise kill you, hold you back. Yeah. Yeah. Um so uh, I think months later I finally get discharged from hospital I'm I'm in a wheelchair um I could not even hold the phone when you calling me yeah. so someone had to hold it to my ear uh, I get an, a text message you have to um open it for me I read it and and um I must tell you what to reply back so privacy gone Yeah, sure. Uh, actually, I understand, yeah. Yeah, uh, the first few weeks actually were the worst because even even turning in bed, you had to physically be moved by somebody. Yeah. yeah. Um so I was quite depressed about that uh and just how my life at at uh, the state of my life then, the quality of life, how it had deteriorated to 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 what it was then and uh for months I was depressed. Um and then um I remember actually it went for much longer than that. I remember I would go for days without taking a bath. Mm. You know, for days without taking a bath and I had a, a, a very supportive family. Um they obviously uh want to help out and at times I'll just just uh shut them out and just want to be left alone and I think after two years of wallowing in self pity I realized that this cannot be the end of me. Ooh, wait a second. You calling that self pity the, the 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 trauma of losing your mom the the fear of living with uh, with HIV and AIDS and the, the 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 processing of all of that the breakdown of your physical body you calling that self pity not that my reaction to oh, it oh nice my okay. reaction to yeah, it was yeah. was was that of self pity okay, but, but that, there's a serious life principle Be- you're saying to me that that s- stuff's going to happen in your life 
Yes. It's your reaction to it. that The thing yeah. about self-pity is that it disempowers you to act because you are a victim in your head. In your head, you are a victim. I hear and you. As man. long as you're still wallowing in self-pity, you don't have the power to change your situation. Up until I took responsibility for the position and the, and, 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 and the circumstances I was in, that I took the responsibility of what I've done to find myself in this situation, that I'm tired of feeling sorry for myself. And it was only then that I started doing something about it. And, and the first thing I did when I realized that I put myself there, when I acknowledged the role I played to find myself there, to stop blaming life, to, to take stock and, 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 and identify the role and acknowledge the role I've played to find myself there was, I started, first of all, I started wanting to be, to be clean, to take a bath every day, to be fresh, you know, to, to wake up, to start meeting people, you know, and, and, and not hide myself in my bedroom like I'd, I'd done for, for, for a long We're time. We've got to take a break, but this is crazy revolutionary stuff. <laughs> You're saying to me that until you started taking responsibility for your role in what you've, in the depression, in the problems that you found yourself in, you were disempowered. You didn't have power. I couldn't do anything. As long as you're feeling sorry for yourself, as long as you are a victim, because it's someone else's fault. It's life. It's it's God. It's this. It's God. It's, it's, mom. it's the devil. Oh it's my. it's so as long as someone is being blamed, as long as you're blaming someone, you're not gonna do anything about it. Okay, we gotta talk about this. O double one eight eight three oh seven oh two. To what extent is your carrying of your own victimhood disempowering you <laughs> uh, we keep talking um cz inkos is my guest when we come back we continue with the conversation sms 702 on 31 702 my guest is Msizi Nkosi. He has written the book, I Am a Different Mess Than I Was Yesterday. Very, very interesting story of transcendence, of overcoming, of facing your demons, as it were. Now, just be- before we continue, Msizi, I just want to bring Stanley into this because Stanley, I mean, I, I almost heard your voice there when, when Msizi was saying that uh, uh, I-, I got my power back when I took responsibility. Your, your thoughts about that? Yeah, I mean that's that's the only place your power comes from, and it's it's. Uh, I always talk to people about the base, the difference between being a victim, and being a creator of your of your own experiences in life. And unfortunately, the easy easy route is to, um, or the uh, yeah, the simple route is to go and be a victim, and to blame. Um, but uh, the the definitely the more complicated but um, more powerful route is to take responsibility. And I think what I actually almost want would if I was going to ask him Susie, a, a question, I would ask him how empowering was writing his life story for him yep. in taking back his power in life. Because maybe through the writing of the book and the writing of the story, he did something that a lot of people have never really taken the opportunity to do, and that's to admit that, look, I, I'm sitting where I am today because of the choices I've made. Yeah. I mean, when you have it in black and white, I mean, you can you can think that, you can say it, but when you write it in black and white, and, uh, white, and I'm yeah. going to ask Ms. Susie if he can maybe answer this to me, 
when he, when he actually wrote down and he had to himself acknowledge his demons, did that empower him? And is that maybe um, a, a, almost a tactic he would he would recommend to others is 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 is, is taking responsibility sure, sure. and saying it doesn't matter what's happened in my yeah. growing up. Can I admit that I am today where I am because of the choices I've made? And maybe there's 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 some power in everybody writing down their story in some mm. way or another to gain back their power. And I'd I'd like to hear what his thoughts about sure. that is. All right, Stanley, I, I, I do want to hear the answer to that in CZ, but I want to go back a little bit to. Uh, what I found to be very profound, you said that when you take responsibility of your circumstances in life, that is where your power lives almost. Explain that to me because I know that somebody's thinking, but there are circumstances that happened to me that I had no power over, that I had no responsibility in bringing about. How can Sisi say to me that I must take responsibility for something that I didn't cause? I should have added that it's not only just taking responsibility, but it's accepting the reality as it is. Ah. Because you, you accept this now, this situation that cannot be changed. Is that the same as rolling over and dying and saying, you know, treat me like a, like a, like a, like a doormat? I'm accepting the circumstances, so beat me up, continue to abuse me uh, if I'm in a bad relationship. No relation, way, yeah? no, no way. It's, it's, it's accepting that as a wife, you've always been faithful to your husband. He went out and cheated and came back and infected you with HIV. You can't change that now, but you've got to accept it to move on. Because you can always be, oh, but I was always faithful, but, but I'm such a victim. Yes. But how, how is that going to help you? So you're saying to me that condone, I mean, accepting something is not necessarily condoning it. No. It is simply understanding that this is the isness of the situation. You're accepting that, that you cannot change. Yeah. If you're being in an abusive relationship, you can change that. You can yeah. walk away from that. Yeah. I'm talking about accepting the kind of stuff that you cannot change. I, I'm, I'm asking this, uh, um, Sisi, because you and I know that there is a doctrine, especially in our culture, especially in bad relationships, especially in marriages, where women are abused every day and you must beg and you are saying to me that that is different though that is not accepting that is rolling over and dying yes yeah? no that is not that is not accepting the reality that is that is because you you again what i was talking about earlier that you you are in self-pity you are you you found comfort in self-pity because at least it when when you when when you when you're having a self-pity party you're not taking any responsibility. But the moment you take responsibility, why are you allowing this to happen? What can you do about it? What options do you have? So, so how did the writing of this, how, how did the, the, the chronicling of these events in your life help you transcend? Huh? And, and, and you know what, dude? I'm not letting you go after the news. Right? Uh, <laughs> so this is what happens, right? Yeah. Um, I started by, uh, once you write, you can think about stuff what happened but once you write you've painted those experiences you've given them away you've given them words you've painted the picture it's 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 much more clearer and because i had to write about a, a whole lot of things that had happened some of the painful ones i had to revisit the kind of things that i was always blocking Sure. I had to revisit the emotions I'd always avoided. You know, sometimes when things, the kind of painful things that we're avoiding dealing with, the emotional stuff that we avoid dealing with, 
it's like there is a shelf that I'll put them there. Like I'll deal with this later. But the moment I started writing, I had to open those shelves sure. so that I paint this experience that as clear and, and as vividly as possible. It was painful. Well, I, would, would you would you recommend for people to document, even if it's not in a book? Yes, or, but yes. But to document so, their experiences, especially when they've been difficult? You confront those emotions that you've, ha- you've hidden in that shelf. You know, there were times, I mean, there were moments when I was writing, when I was crying, because I was confronting those emotions that I, I avoided all my life. And, and it, was, it, was, it was empowering. It was to, to finally, it's like facing that, that, that guy, you've, that, that monster that you've always been scared of facing, you know, and you finally find the I courage find to out, face them yeah. and you realize that, ah, uh, they don't bite. I want to find out from you what was the nature of your monsters. What, was, what were your monsters? What were they after the process of actually slowing down your understanding, giving it names by writing them down? Because that's what it sounds like, that the writing process for you was... Uh, almost slowing things down and really being able to uh, identify and label your demons. I want to understand their nature, but it's powerful, absolutely powerful to, to hear that you cannot move forward until you accept and take responsibility. It's so powerful. Uh, we've got lots of calls mm. starting to come through as okay. people starting. So if, you, if, if you don't mind, <laughs> if you don't mind staying with us just okay. a few minutes after the news, Stanley, if okay, you don't cool. mind uh, staying with us after the news, we've got to go pay the rent and then take the news. But if you don't mind just staying with us just a few more minutes after the news. I'm enjoying it. All right. Stanley Beckett is our um, change guru and uh, lots of calls coming through. And can we take the call straight after the, the news? Because I don't think it will do justice. Let's take a break. When we come back, Eyewitness News. Know your rights. Use them responsibly. Lead SA. Online. Smartphone. DSTV channel 856 and on 92.7 and 106 FM. This is 702. All right, it's six minutes after midnight and uh, yeah, we've been having some real, really deep, soulful conversations here with my guest, Msizi Ian Corsi. He's the author of the book, I'm a Different Mess than I was yesterday and we'll continue to have that chat. But I do want to read some of the SMSs that have come through, the tweets that have come through. Um, and uh, it is really, really powerful stuff. Let me read you some of the SMSs and um, CZ, maybe you might want to uh, respond to them. Uh, and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, uh, some of the SMSs coming through says, Daobs, Msizi's sentiments, it was till I acknowledged my role in the situation in in that I started finding possible solutions and a way forward. Uh, and then uh, he says, power to you, sir, <laughs> from Tiro. Watch out, Tiro. What are you talking about here? We've been having this conversation for a long time. <laughs> all right. Then somebody says, hi, Aubrey. Is the book available in all the bookstores? And that is from Elsie in Bramtown. Uh, we'll get that information from CZ just now, Elsie. And then uh, Denise in Cape Town says, Aubrey, wow, what an inspiring man. I'm having several light bulb moments. Aha moments, Denise. Absolutely agree with you. Uh, on Twitter, and uh, of course, you can get in touch with me on Twitter at 702 Aubrey, but Msizi is also available on, on Twitter. Uh, his Twitter handle is at Msizi Ngosi, M-S-I-Z-I, Ngosi, N-K-O-S-I. Uh, you can uh, be in touch with him, but also on Twitter, Dumisanglovu says, major applause to that phenomenal and brave being that is Msizi Ngosi. He has penned the most 
honest piece of life in art form. Before we continue, let me take a call from Ket uh, in Benoni. And by the way, you can be part of this conversation. CZ has agreed to stick around with us. Um, uh, and I'll tell you why I believe this is such an important conversation that we're having in the context mm-hmm. of all of the things that are happening mm-hmm. right now. But Kat in Benoni, hi. Hello. Hi, Kat. Go ahead. Yes, um, Aubrey, I would like to ask your guest. Yeah. Okay, I've been listening to the program. Yeah. And basically what I've heard is like um, people with depression, anxiety, panic disorder, that is not what is asked for. And it just happened. And, um, okay, the way your guest explains it, yes, you can sort of get out of it, take life into your own hands. Yeah. But a person suffering with depression or anxiety or panic disorder or bipolar or whatever it is, it seems to me like telling the person snap out of it. Yeah. Because you in that dark hole. Yeah. So he's sort of saying, you know what, that's what I'm getting from him. Yeah. You're no, no. Life in to your hands. Yeah. Yeah. So, 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 Kat, if, 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 if I understand you correctly, you are understanding Msizi's message to be similar to saying to somebody in the, in, suffering from depression, saying yeah. to that person, snap out of no, it. That's, that's, that's not, what you're that's hearing, not what right? I'm saying. Yes, it's All right. like you, you take your life into your own hands. I, I hear you. But when you're in that situation, you you do not, you can't. Sure. No, no, I understand. But 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 that that is what you're hearing from 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 Cezy. Can, what can, he's can, saying. Yeah. Can can we hear what he says? He's saying because he's saying that no, that's not what he's saying. So let's Cezy. Cat, um, are you talking about your own personal experience? Is that where you're at right now? And now it's just anxiety. Uh, okay, but what are you doing about it? Well, meds, yes. Sorry? A medication. Uh, are you seeing a psychiatrist? Um, a psychologist. A psychologist. Is it helping? Um, you know what? I've had this for 15 years. Have you been seeing the same psychologist for 15 years? No, no. Different. But How many have you seen? Is that... I am in a situation where I keep saying, you know what, this is not working and that is not working. Let's just give it up. It's like um, you live with this every day. Do you, do you find good. yourself feeling sorry for yourself? No. Ever? I'm sorry for myself. Just uh, angry that I have got this. No, you, you shouldn't. It, uh, I'm not sure if it's your fault. Do you know how 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 you got to the place that you're at with this anxiety? To know where where it where it came from? No, no. When 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 I was saying you take charge, you take charge. Uh, I, I by see, seeking help, that's taking charge. You're doing something about it. You're not sitting there mm-hmm. and just saying, "Oh, poor me. I'm, how did I get this?" So you are doing something about it. Maybe maybe you just haven't found the right psychiatrist or the right psychologist to to help you um deal with it more effectively because it seems to me like um for 15 years it's it's not really been helping the kind of 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 psychological treatment you've been getting i've i've tried that i've tried the whole herbal i've tried many many things i want to go back cat if you don't mind i i want to go back to the principle that you raise that if somebody like uh, like Msizi writes a book yeah. and and his message is first 
in order for you to regain your power, you need to take responsibility. And I'm, and I'm concerned about how you are hearing it. And thank you, by the way, for, for coming forward and saying this. And this is what I'm hearing. Is that what you're saying? And clearly, um, CZ is saying that it's not what he's saying. He's saying the action that you take, yeah. whether it is going to the doctor, the psychologist in your case, taking the medication, mm-hmm. is a situation by which you are saying, I am no longer going to be dictated to by the circumstances. I'm got circumstance. I'm going to do something about it. Okay. And I don't believe that what he's saying, and, 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 you know, he can speak for himself. He's a big boy. But I don't, I'm not hearing him say that it is your fault and really snap out of it. But what he is saying, if I understand him well, is that you do not have to stay in that debilitating circumstance because you can actually do something about it by accepting the fact that it is what it is. Yeah, but Aubrey, if it's 15 years, and like you said, it is debilitating. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> it's like, oh man, where to from here now? I, I hope, I hope you find, I hope you find a therapist, a psychologist, a psychiatrist who's actually gonna finally treat it, you know. And up until, up until you find that person, don't stop searching, you know. Okay, thank you so much, Captain Benoni. Thanks very much, uh, Lindy Wayne Soweto. Hi. Hi, Oprah. I'm very well, thank you, Lindy. What is on your mind, Mama? Oh, it's for that boy, you know. Yep. Because my life is more than that. The only thing, okay, sometimes is always this. That's why I always call you, lady, because I can't sleep. Yep. You know, okay, I can tell you about my life. I never knew my mother in my life. I yep. never knew that woman. I never knew my father. I knew I didn't even knew who I am. Mm. That's why, okay, I started to work age, very early age. Yeah. From 72 till 77. Mm. I used to work for a private doctor. Yeah. I was working for sleeping there. And have a foot there. I used to work for two surgeries. Yeah. One at from eight o'clock till three o'clock. From three o'clock to another one till ten o'clock. And then till 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 okay. Yeah. After that, I have to move because I do. I, I saw this with my life. Is I was stuck here, you know, because yes. I never get paid. Yes. And then I moved to somewhere. I go to the uh, in the in the in the salon where I was trained in 1980 to doing hair. Yeah. And then I, I, I nothing for me, no papers, nothing. Till '91, when I was doing in the, in the salon, I, I was talking with one lady, busy talking and talking, and I told them my daughter said, "Do you know all the time you're always quiet?" I said, "You know what? I'm thinking because I don't know who I am, you know." And then I told this, I talked to this lady, I talked and we talk, and they said to me, you know what, but you, you look like somebody, I know. So that, anyway, give me your phone and then I'll go on to find out. And then she did find out. Yeah. When she find out and then she find my mother. When I went to find my mother, she was married, she was happy, she has kids and everybody. She took me there. When she cried in Oprah, I was so angry Oprah, even till today. Yeah. When she's get ill before she passed on, I was the one Oprah who had to look after that woman. Here's the question for you, Mom Lindy. With all of the difficulties that you have just described for me, that have that you've experienced in your life, have you been able to move forward? 
not yet operate. Why do you think that is the case? I'm stuck to operate because my life isn't, I, I don't know. And I try to operate, I even take tapes. I went twice to Barat because I want to kill myself twice. Yeah. Sizi? Yes. I, 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 I'm interested to hear what Msizi has to say about the, the scenario that you're talking about, Mamlindi. Just, just listen to him. Mamlindi, you said even even when your mom died, you were, you were still angry, and even today you're still angry at her. I am, or oh, I am, because I'm still struggling even till today. Because oh. where I am right now, I'm I'm asking myself if my mother, she used to give me somebody else, maybe my life was. Not like that. What will make you forgive her? I don't know. Well, are, are you are you comfortable with being angry at her? Is what what why 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 do I'm why not, is still? I'm not. The only thing I can move on. I think I think you must forgive her, hey? especially now. I mean, she's passed on. You said right? Yeah, she is. But hey, man, man, my no, holding on to this anger is not doing anything for you. At least it's not doing anything positive for you. You you have to forgive. You have to forgive her, even if it's not for her, for yourself, for you to move on. Because I can only imagine, I mean, how negative this anger is for you. How, how, how is it holding you back, this anger? You know, anger is such a terrible thing because you, I mean, she's, she's passed on. She's somewhere else in another world and you, you hear, you're still angry at her. I mean, Mom Lindy, well, thanks very much on. for your call. Snabo, Dr. Snabo in uh, Rand Park Ridge. Uh, doctor, good, uh, good uh, morning to you. Uh, morning, morning, bro. How are you? I'm good, man. I'm good. Talk to us. What is in your mind? Yeah, hey. I'm actually, I was listening to this lady. Yep. Um, something that I told you to read. I know you didn't read it, but allow me to read it. Yep. About depression. Oh, okay. Um, it's on my blog, uh, com. Yeah. Uh, titled, The Silent Killer, Depression. Yep. And it reads as follows, so many people around, yet no one to talk to. Truth is in life, we are all fighting our different wars. However, that shouldn't mean you don't need your own army. Your own army to help you push through those battles, uh, those battle lines. Instead of people cheering you on, they gossip about you, tell lies about you. They push you to a point of no return. They push you right into the wall without armory. <laughs> they push you into self-destruction. That is my piece. A piece that I wrote when... Give us that blog, uh, give us that blog again, uh, Dr. Snabu. It's uh, drmgonya.wordpress.com. So it's D-R-M-N-Q-O. Okay. N-Y. Uh, uh, yeah. W-A-dot-wordpress.com. Right, doctor, doctor, are these blogs, are these, uh, is this something that you have on an ongoing basis, these reflections, these uh, writings? Uh, it is my reflections and speeches uh, when I've lost people, um, it dearest to me. Yeah. When I'm in the darkest space. <laughs> Dr. Snabo, thanks very much for your call. As always, it's great talking to you, Dr. Snabo, there. So the issue have? of writing is coming out. Here, huh? <laughs> it's always so therapeutic to to to, to write. You know, it's, it's, it's amazing. I mean, like you said, everyone should write and and just paint your own experiences and and because you get to confront all those emotions that that 
you get even forgotten if you you you'd hide in some I want to talk about the very interesting story of how you wrote your 319 page book mm. because that is a story all on its own yeah. lots of calls coming through about the the whole issue of taking responsibility versus uh being insensitive about the um circumstances that people find themselves but i want to ask you this question before mm. we move on to mm. lots of calls by the way so I, I i'm hoping that we'll be able to to move on quickly um the principle of taking responsibility and accepting the isness of the situation the reality of that situation for yeah uh, oh okay sorry seems to be true for individuals is it true for collectives for groups for people for nations Yes, uh, just just before I, I answer that, I just want to quickly just clarify myself when I said taking responsibility. I meant obviously talking from personal experience. For me, I had found myself there. My pain was self-inflicted. Yeah, you know, there are people who are really victims, but as a victim, you got to just accept your situation before you move on. Because again, wallowing in self-pity, even if you've been victimized, it's not going to help you. It's not going to help you move on. Like Mam Lindi, Mam Lindi was still angry. And like, it's disempowering. Her. It's of course. I mean, she feels like she's still saying, "I wonder if my mom, I, I, I'd been with my mom." Seven years old. Yeah. Huh? Like, can you imagine how miserable that is? How how painful that is? How depressing that is? That at seventy-seven years, you think you're still thinking, you're still blaming your mom that my life would be in a better place. My life would be much better had my mom not left me. You know. We'll talk a little bit about the structure of that debilitating psychological reality because it 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 you know i had i had the vision almost of something holding you down you know just holding you down you just can't seem to take flight uh which is the f- the finding of your power i suppose but come back to me and talk to me about is this principle true for collectives as it is for individuals it is as true for for collectives as it is true for for individuals it is um if, i'm going to i'm going to throw you somewhere now bro what is that one thing we're feeling sorry about we're feeling uh sorry for ourselves um as a country i'm just trying give me an example and i'll tell you so for example and and these are the conversations i deal with every evening here mm. on the show so for example one of the things that we talk about is is the whole issue of forgiveness. Mm. And uh colleagues of mine have had the same conversation around the issue of forgiveness many times. And uh and we've had a period in this country in our very violent divisive oppressive mm. past mm. where people feel that a certain portion of our population mm. has been the po- the beneficiary of of a certain time and a reality mm. and it's true uh black people for example have been the recipients of oppression in this country for a very long time they continue to be mm. and then there are those who will say but you need to forgive to move on and then there will be those who will say i'm not going to forgive because i continue to be a victim of that reality i didn't ask for this it was inflicted upon me without my involvement i didn't ask for the conditions that i find myself in when i live in alexander and when i look across the street i see these big houses 
the color of poverty in this country continues to be black. The, the realities of... Yeah. So, I have these conversations all the time. Mm. And a lot of people say that in order for us, especially as black people, to move forward is to do what you have just talked about. Accept and take responsibility. Give is us, that what you're saying? Give, give us the land and we'll forgive. <laughs> yeah, oh, oh, give us the land and we'll forgive. In other words, yeah, pre, pre, pretty much. Yeah. Uh, uh, that, 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 for example... Give us the land back. Yes. Uh, and, then, and then we'll forgive. Yeah, we'll move on. Talk to me about that. Talk to me about that. Um, oh, you, 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 you. Okay. There is, uh, and, and there's so many people that want to talk about these issues. But yeah, go, f- go for it. You, you, you grew up, you were born in Alexander. Um, and you you're still um, uh, gripped um, by poverty. How many people though who were who grew up in Alexander like you, who are now living in Sansin? across the street? Yes. What did they do differently from you? It does not mean that what happened in the past is okay. But what are you gonna do now? Now it's 2017. It happened from. 19 or oh, from uh, 100, uh, 300 years ago. Like, what are you going to do now? You can't change that. What can you do now, though? What can you do now? It does not mean that it, it's, it's okay and, and, and we're getting political. But now, um, there still needs those, those, those imbalances of the past still needs to be, to be confronted. You know, um, it can't, we can't just, we can't just, because when we talk about what happened in South Africa, you get the sense that you get the people who forgave, who forgave, but you get the, the sense that there, there are people who were, who are not even apologetic about what happened. Do you, do you need to have, in order for you to forgive, do you need to have somebody apologize? No, no. Like I was saying to mom Lindy, well, sometimes you forgive for your own sake. Just for you, for your own sake, because you're carrying this anger inside of you, and the person you're angry at is very happy. They they moving on with their life, and when you're there, being angry, so you is, is, is this is this a practical thing? In other words, yes, it, this it, is not a religious thing. I'm getting no, the sense, no, because because sometimes you know we attach principles such as forgiveness the ability to accept your current realities, the ability to take responsibility. It's almost as if it is a preachy religious thing. You seem to be suggesting that it is a practical thing that has to do with how you become as a human being. You're accepting an apology that you never received. From whom? From that person that you're still angry at. Because... You, you're carrying this poison. Anger is poisonous. You're carrying it inside of you and they're moving on with their lives. Their lives are amazing. And when uh, you're looking at them, you're flinching, you're so angry. But what is that anger doing for you? But anger can be channeled positively. Mm. Anger can be channeled positively. So channel that anger positively to redress whatever it is that you're not happy with. The book we're talking about is I'm a Different Mess Than I Was Yesterday. The author is Msizi Inkos. He's sitting right here with me and he's saying some, some powerful things. Let's talk to Carol very quickly in Kensington. Hi, Carol. Hi, 
Hi, uh, is that Aubrey? Yeah, this is uh, Aubrey yes, Carroll. I searched you last week. Ah, it's, I, the, it's the Carol with the fleshy parts, huh? <laughs> no, not Go ahead, quite Carol. that bad. I'm just, just normal. Sure. Um, no, I just came in again, and I was just listening. And you know what, Aubrey, I must tell you, um, 59 years for me has been, um, if it is how I've experienced it here and now already, but forgiveness and responsibility is vital. It's important. It is, it is absolutely essential. I can tell you that, um, you know, it's, you, there's you and yourself in the, at the end of the day. That's all you've got. And if you cannot, you know what? The more I forgive somebody and the more angry they get. Yeah. And the more love I send out, I am actually better off. They, I, I just, I just have this tremendous amount of love that I keep, that I seem to be topping up and being able to give out. And I, I have forgiven people, as I say, I've been on death's door by, by via many incidences, very many um, experiences. And to, I, if you do not actually forgive and take responsibility for your own self, you don't have to condone what was done to you, definitely not. Yeah. But, you, you know, if you don't release this, you will surely get sick. I mean, I, I think I would have been sick with cancer or some illness long ago and been dead long ago. I, I, I actually nearly died at the hands of many people. Yeah. But I, uh, by the grace of God, I was spared. And I have forgiven those people. It, it, it is essential. You know, it is, yep, 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 yep. It's, it's like... It, no, it, I, I, I hear you, It's a medicine. Sure. You know, it's a natural medicine. You've yeah. got to do it. I know it's difficult, and I know that everything is different experiences for different people, but we must try and get this, that it, you know, just feel how liberating sure. it is. No, absolutely. To, to carry on and continue. And yep. as I say, it's just, I think you have tremendous shows, or we really, I do. Thank you very much, I can, Carol. I, I commend you, and I much, listen every, every time. <laughs> much appreciated. Carolyn Kensington, yeah, a good friend of the shows. Tell me, MCZ, mm. are you, are you coming here to give us expert advice are you an expert no of course i'm not i'm talking about from my own personal experiences yeah. i never i never talk from a um a preachy uh, perspective um if i'm not understanding it I'm, i'll tell you about it everything every um every response you receive from me I'm, I'm i'm talking from what i've experienced from what i've gone through and i have how i've dealt with it and it's not always been perfect you know uh, as you, you you'll find out when you read the book it's it's just my own way which 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 for me has worked you know i'll tell you why i asked that question in a few moments time okay. in pretoria hi Hey, Aubrey. Hi, Lungile. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good, thanks. What is on your mind, Lungile? Oh, God. This is my first time speaking on radio, hey? Ah, well, welcome, I'm hey? really nervous. <laughs> Don't worry about it. It's just us, hey? Go ahead, Lungile. Okay. Um, you know, um, I'm also suffering from um, depression. Yeah. Uh, I was separated from my mother when I was three years old, so I don't remember anything of her. And my father raised me up, and then he passed away when I think I was 19 or 20. So I've been struggling to move on from that, you know. Yeah. It it really broke me. And if you count from um, 2010 to now, it's, it's been years, you know. And I feel like my life has 
spiraled downwards since then, you know. Yeah, yeah I think what, 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 really, what, what, really what, why, what, what, why did you... Why did you phone, Lungile? Why, do you, why did you get so attracted to this conversation such that you are happy to make yourself as vulnerable as you've just done now? What, what is it about this conversation that has made you do this? Okay, I just felt that I, was, um, I resonated with um, mm. this topic and I felt like maybe if I put myself out there and... Maybe I would find some counsel, you know, about how to move on. Because I think the thing that's really depressing is this thing of my father. Because I can't move on, you know. Yeah. Wait, that close. Yeah. Sure, go ahead. We go ahead. Go ahead. Um, uh, uh, yes. Wait, that close yes. with your with your with your father. Yes, we were. We were very close. And how many years it's been now? I've been. Uh, he passed away in twenty ten. It's been seven years, and you, you're not moving on. Yes, so I don't. I really don't know how to because what? every time I think about it, I just I break down and cry. What do you think? No. What do you think he feels like when 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 he looks down at you wherever he is right now? I think it makes him sad. Ha! Huh. I don't like his. I don't think he likes seeing me like this. You oh, know? okay. You know what? Yeah. Um, I regret. Um being not moving on from my mother's death because what I what I know now is that I want to I wanna live the kind of life that's going to make her happy, that wherever she is now, she's happy with what I'm doing. And I hope now you can do that. You can live the kind of life that, like you say you are aware that wherever, she, wherever your father is, he's very sad to see you in the state that you're in now. So why don't you change your life around, live the kind of life that's going to mm. make him happy to see her precious daughter. Does that, does, that, does that advice open up a little window for a new way of thinking, Lungile? Yeah, I think it's a matter of um, the mindset, you know. Mm. Mm. At yeah, least you understand that she's, he's sad wherever he is. So make him happy. Yeah. Lungile in Pretoria, something to think about, eh? Yeah, thank you so much. I listen to you every night. Oh, I, I you, admire darling. you a lot. M- much appreciated. I really appreciate that uh, that call. Much appreciated. Sandy Lane, Pretoria. Hi. Hi, how are you? I'm good, man. How's it? I'm good. Um, I just wanted to compliment uh, the guy. Um, my, my mess is uh, different. My mess. mess. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry. Sure, Sandy Lane. It's okay. Yeah, I just wanted to say uh, I was attracted to this book when I listened to when I saw the title first time. Yeah, and your story is truly amazing. And one more thing, I just want to say to Umam Lindi, which is you know what, she is not her mother's um, mistake. Mm. She is. Uh, 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 I, I, I can say. She shouldn't say, uh, she shouldn't commit suicide, she shouldn't take her life. She has a lot to live for. She she can change things. She can change the way uh, uh, whatever happened to her. And she can tell a story like most of the people who, who, who are here to, to inspire us to say, I was in this situation, today I'm here. The same way this guy is telling us right now, he was there, today he's here. Sometimes you need to change the way we think about things. Uh, our head into 
into into into into a story of hope to other people. Mm. Wow, all. Sandy. Wow. <laughs> thanks so much, Sandile. Thanks very much for your call, sir. Much appreciated. Okay, thank All you. All right. Sir. Listen, I'm, I'm, I'm going gonna, gonna to let you go home. Yeah, we, could, we could keep going. <laughs> we could keep going. We've went over there's by... A, there's a... There's a... There's a yeah, I must do this thing there. This is a very important conversation. It's more important it's than... It's been that. amazing, man. Yeah, 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 here's the thing mm. that uh, I do want you to talk about very quickly mm. as we close. I know the story of how you wrote this book, mm. but a lot of people out there don't. Yeah. It's 319 pages. Mm. Could you please tell my listeners how you actually in practically wrote the book? I used one finger to type the entire book. One finger. Um, I, I used to, because uh, I've not recovered fully with my hands, and I used to type with 10 fingers all on the, on the, on the, on the keyboard. Uh, yeah. keyboard. But I had to uh, use one finger. The first page, it took me uh, almost two hours. I thought I was never gonna finish. I thought it was just a joke that I, I could think. I suppose I, I let me let me try let me try and explain what I'm trying to mm. highlight with that. That you didn't have the full capacity of your limbs. Yeah, but you wrote the story using one finger. Three hundred nineteen pages of a document. Actually, it could have been. It was way more before the editors edited a right. whole lot out. Yeah. It yeah. could have been over four hundred pages. Um, there was a lot that was edited, but that's um. You know the willpower when you've decided I'm going to do this thing, you know, nothing is going to stop you. So uh, one finger, I did it. The final thing that I, I, I perhaps want to say is ask you the question again. Are you sitting here giving us expert advice? No, I'm talking from personal experience. I'm talking from um, the mistakes that I've had to learn from. And like I said, um, the book says I'm a different mess than I was yesterday. I've, 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 there's been so many lessons learned along the way, and I'm just sharing um, what, what happened on my life journey up until I got here. And I could never talk from an expert um, you're, you're a successful point of produ- view. You're a successful producer. You, you're doing great things. Wh- which movies or I mean, which programs can people associate you with? Um, I've worked on 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 um, several um, uh, shows. One of the first shows, TV shows I worked on was on SABC One Take Five back in the day. Yeah, I remember Take Five. Um, yeah. I I was part of the first uh, crew that worked on Zola Seven, uh, which also went on and achieved legendary status. Um, I I was part of the team that conceptualized uh, um, Kumbulekaya. Yes. Uh, my, uh, my, um, I, I was a senior producer on Three Talk with Nolene. Um, yeah, those are the. Um, there's, there's quite a. There's, there's yeah, others the in between. Much and more like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. How do people get a hold of this book, uh, Mcizi? Uh, lots of people trying to find out where do they get the book, and the conversation continues. So, I'd like for you to perhaps uh, help people. Um, you know, find a platform that they can continue this conversation okay. with because I think it's very, very powerful. Please go to your nearest exclusive books. Um, I believe not every shop has it yet, but they will once you you if you go there. They've got the ISBN number. They 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 know about the book. They'll make an they'll order the book for you. But go to your nearest exclusive books for the book. And there is a page on Facebook, I'm a different mess than I was yesterday by MCZ Inko. See, there's a whole lot of conversations about the book that, that are going on Then There's so many other reviews from the people who've read and they really love the book. And 
so yeah, uh, go to exclusive books for for the book and go to Facebook. There's a page. I made different mess than I was yesterday by Mcz Inkosi, and yes, you can also uh, get hold of me on Twitter at Mcz Inkosi. My brother, I really appreciate you coming through and staying on with us this late. It's an essential conversation. It Thank you so much. We're supposed, to, we're supposed to, to end at 12. Yeah, it's okay. <laughs> we, do, we do that now and again. Stanley, your final words, sir. Yeah, also from my side, what an amazing story. And, you know, I saw, Mcc. I saw you in a different light tonight. I saw you with someone that has a very powerful message to give. In a nation where, where I see people really need to learn to forgive, Mm. and to move on um, and again I think that, that the way MCC said it tonight is so beautiful it's, forgiving doesn't mean that you condone what happened it means that you release the poison inside of yourself so that you can move on mm. and I think that what makes his, his message so powerful for me Aubrey is that he speaks from experience he doesn't speak from having heard it from somebody else he speaks from himself and he's not I mean, saying he's an expert he's no, not coming I'm not I'm yeah. not, I'm not. <laughs> you know and and really what is an expert I, I i sometimes ask if an expert is really an expert all an expert is is someone who went and learned from a bunch of other people how they did it and he calls himself an expert to me an expert is more an expert a person that's been through it themselves <laughs> and can speak from that point of view. So from that point of view, he is an expert in my eyes, and, and, and I think he's got such a powerful message to give to people, and I, and I really encourage people to go and buy his book and read it and to apply what, what he's taught there. And I, and I want to say just a big thank you to him for making himself available. And then also to our friend Tobisa, who, who, who put us in touch with him. Yeah. Uh, if she's listening, she said she's going to be listening. Thank you for putting us in touch and for making this available to us. And um, thank you again, Aubrey, for hosting a great show. It didn't go all the way I was expecting it to go. <laughs> <laughs> it never does. It never does. And I told, I told him, Cece, it never does. But what it showed me, Aubrey, also is that we're still a nation with a lot of pain, yep. a lot of hurt, mm. and people want to talk. And sometimes just talking, I could hear from the calls, you asked one or two of the callers, why did they phone in? Yep. I think there's a lethargic, there's a, there's, a, there's a medicine in talking. And I just want to acknowledge you also, Aubrey, for allowing this place uh, thank for you people very much. to be able to do so. Stanley thank Beckett, author of the book, Lift Off Essay. Thank you very much uh, for joining us. Much appreciated. Msizi E. Nkosi, the author of the book, I am a different mess than I was yesterday. 